0: Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello to all. Welcome to Divas the Care Network. I am Joyce Benning, and I will be your host for this absolutely invigorating, robust lifestyle show. First of all, I'd like to thank each one of our listeners that have tuned in live today and the ones that will be listening to the podcast. I am just so very grateful for each one of you. And you are in for another very special treat today, as I have with me my returning monthly diva, Beth Lorne Parrish, and we are going to chat about how to build trust with your horse. Oh, my, what a great topic this is, and I am excited. So, Beth, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners today?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Joyce. My name is Beth Lorne Parrish. My business is Inspired Riding. I'm a certified riding instructor, remote coach, and I've recently become certified as a a hypnotherapist in rapid transformational therapy. And I help empower equestrians to feel confident and connected to their horses so they can have the best co-creative dances with their horses.
0: Oh, I love it. Oh, what a busy, busy diva you are. You are—you have all kinds of things going on in your life. And I love how you're helping empower power people to have a co-creative dance with their horse. That is just beautiful, I love it <laughs> it Everything just ties together to what we're going to talk about on how to build trust with your horse and how How would you like to start this chat today as we chat about this topic? Beth
1: well, before you really um think about having some an animal or another being trust you, you have to become trustworthy yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember what we desire to see in the outside world. We have to cultivate it and nurture it within. So if you want to go first, you've got to become trustworthy yourself. So I have uh, basically eight different points to, to go through, and I can just start listing them, and then you can interrupt me anytime and ask questions. How's that sound?
0: That sounds fantastic. I love it. And I love what you just said. The first thing you have to do is trust yourself. Because if you don't have trust in yourself, how are you going to be able to spread that trust to anyone else if you can't even trust yourself? So I thought that point was just absolutely beautiful to even begin the start.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so we always want to get to the heart of it (laughs) and make sure that everyone's on the stage too. Yes. Yeah, so the first thing you want to do is Take a good look at your own patterns. You know, think about, are you quick to judge what's going on? Or do you take time to examine your situation and decide what's the best course of action? Like, do you just take a breath first? Or do you just jump on things? So in order to become an inspired rider, you know, all of my students who are now inspired riders, you have to really believe and trust in your own intuition. You have to listen to your horse. And all of that will build trust by default because you have to slow down and build awareness of what's going on within you and what's going on with your horse. So there are specific steps that I I teach everyone. So if you really want to have a transformation happen, I really highly suggest that you take these steps to heart. So the first one, is to do what's called a thought download, like get yourself a really big piece of paper and just start writing out all the thoughts that you have. And then you can think about the ones that you repeatedly say to yourself. And then you can decide what's serving you or what's not serving you. So you just write them all down and shed some light on them. And once you decide what's actually not necessary anymore, just focus on the on the thoughts that will help you. So you can take time to decide what thoughts are pushing you towards a better relationship with your horse and which ones are holding you back. So remember, you're the ultimate script writer in your life. You have the power to shift your thoughts. So once you do that, you can begin to feel better and better. And then new inspired actions will be your most natural next steps. So examples of thoughts that don't serve you would be, I get so frustrated with my riding or I wish I could be just as good as my friends or, or just as good as someone else that I've been watching on the internet, you know. So those are really not mm-hmm. serving you. The examples of thoughts that do serve you would be flipping it to, every day I'm becoming a better rider and I'm proud of myself. I know that learning to ride well takes a lot of time and focus. So have any repeated thoughts that come up for you, Joyce, when you're, when you're thinking about your horses?
0: Oh, I yes, I mean I love that one too of how many times do we think I wish I could ride as well as that person when yep. it, whether you're with someone or out on a trail ride or in a competition or whatever you're doing or just watching and you think that. Well, to me do not compare yourself to others because you are a unique individual. And your thoughts will make you be able to be what you can be. So there's no need to be comparing yourself to others because there's things that they, they have trouble with too. So just, I've always said do not compare yourself to others. So that is beautiful that you did, that you put that in there about the writing too. And I love to write things down because when you put them on a piece of paper, it seems like they stay in your mind a whole lot better than just a thought going through your mind. You write it down and you can go back and look at it and go, okay, that's something that isn't serving me. And if you write what's serving you, you can, like your examples were just perfect. Every day I'm becoming a better writer, rather than saying I'm getting frustrated with my writing and want to ride like someone else. So those are some of the points that really... I really picked up out of there. Those are very, very, very good and so true to life.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, it's so important. And writing down is very powerful because then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that really isn't good. Or actually, no, this is pretty good. I'm proud of myself for this. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just great to put that spotlight on <laughs> those thoughts that you're thinking.
0: Yeah. So
1: the next step would be what what you would want to do is called establishing your inner compass and in order to do that you have to do a little exercise to help you and when you establish your inner compass it helps you trust yourself more so this is a form of muscle testing Uh, so basically what you do is you start saying statements out loud that are absolutely true without a doubt and then you say statements out loud that are absolutely false and then what you want to (coughs) do is you want to notice how you feel when you say these things um, so you start out really really easily you start out with my name is Beth. i love horses you know these are true statements right and mm-hmm. then i can say the false statements my name is charlie i hate horses and then anytime i say those things i have a tightness in my throat and it, everything feels like a little hesitant it's really interesting so if you can really really just do this a lot and practice with a lot of, lot of statements that are true. I have a nose. Like It's like all these things that are really silly and really but absolutely true. Then you're going to start to notice how you feel. You notice how you feel when you're saying false things. So that way when you go to say, I'm ready to canter right now, your body with that innate wisdom is going to tell you, yes, you're ready. Or no, you better not. You might feel that tightness. And then you have to get curious and figure out what you should do instead. You know, do you need to wait? Do you need to go do something else? Or do you need to uh, wait for another day for that and come back to it? So it's just so important. That, that in itself, if anybody just is listening to this, if they just start to hone in on what their inner compass is telling them in their body, because your body has this innate wisdom that will tell you for, for sure whether things are true or not, if you just use that, then you're going to be golden as far as being able to trust yourself. And then your horse is going to see that you're more trustworthy because you believe in yourself and, and the things that you want to do.
0: And I love to say, say the statements out loud. What came to my mind is the statements of I am. I am a good rider. I am worthy of being able to canter. And I am... I am in love with my horse and I am going to dance with my horse. And you start to say these I am's and it is amazing how it starts to change your thought pattern. And something I noticed when you were saying the positives, your name and that you love horses and then the reverse, which wasn't your name and you don't like horses, was your energy. I could feel the energy in your voice was totally different from the true and the false statements. So if I could hear it through your voice, then that's the kind of energy you're giving off to the universe to tell them what what is happening. So that is something else I noticed in the way the words were being spoken. So how true that is, it's more of a positive energy that's going off when you're saying the true statements rather than a negative energy that you're giving out with a false statement. So those are some of the things I picked up from there.
1: (laughs) I love that. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because our words are powerful and Mm -hmm. the vibration that we put out from our words and our thoughts really do shift our reality. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that because when you do start saying things out loud that are false, you're setting out like a weird vibe into the universe and then, Uh you know, minds are always looking to prove what we're saying to it so if you start saying things that are really are not conducive to your life or your relationship with your horse you're going to start seeing that more often so you might as well change your thoughts and your words towards what you really want so it makes you way more aware right
0: oh yes totally more aware of of how you are feeling and what you're putting off and what you to me what you put off you can receive back so if you're putting out that positive energy and those IMs about being a good writer, it's going to come back to you. And you'll be amazed how much more it will help you than putting off the comparison and saying the negative things. It's just, it's incredible how it turns around and comes back to you when you start doing all the positives rather than the negatives that are you're thinking.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go to point number three. So now that you've cleared out your unwanted thoughts and started to find some more trust within, we can begin to look at our horse in a new light. Again, you're going to think of what you already know about your horse. Think of their history, what they've already proven to you from experience, and focus on the aspects that you really enjoy. So just like writing out the thoughts in step one, you're going to write out everything you know about your horse. You're going to examine what's working and what isn't. And if you take this time, you might see some really interesting patterns here. So, an example of an unwanted unwanted pattern would be your horse gets tense every time you get to a certain point in the arena. You find that you get nervous just before you get to that spot, and you keep thinking about it, and it becomes a cycle that you feel stuck in, right? Very common. Um, So, an example of a good pattern is your horse loves when you end your ride before she before he or she expects it. And then you find that your horse offers you even more in the next ride. You love being able to build your bond together slowly, but surely. So once you've taken stock of every little detail, you seek out solutions to highlight the good stuff and allow the unwanted things to fade away. Well, how do we do this? So we're going to keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> step number four is being sure you're creating clarity. So I always say clarity equals kindness and clarity creates trust. You can focus on having clear thoughts followed up by your actions and then your horse will literally relax because they know that you're being congruent inside and out, right? Mm -hmm. So the other thing you want to make sure of, of course, is you want to be sure that you're completely present. So in order to create clarity, you need to be aware of how your body feels. So uh, one quick way to do that is just do a quick body scan and breathe in and out. And then from your head to your toes, start to notice if you're holding tension. And if you are, just breathe it out. Like literally imagine the tension floating away as you breathe out. And you can wiggle your toes and your boots. And this will just help remind you to be aware that you're in your body. You're not floating away thinking about your laundry (laughs) and how it feels. So once you're you're aware of your body you can create clarity with your thoughts, and your horse will be able to trust that you're thinking and doing exactly what you intend so if you're thinking about something else like i said the laundry (laughs) then and then trying to do another thing like lead your horse then that creates what i call static you know static on the phone static on the television and horses are not fans of static they they relax when you're crystal clear about your invitations So when you're imagining something bad happening, like getting to that spot in the arena, but then you're just trying to push through it physically, your horse is going to respond by either getting confused or stressed, or if you're lucky, they'll just carry on in a stoic way, hoping you'll just get with the program. (laughs) So you want to do your best on what you want. Do your best to focus on what you want and then follow through. And it can be as simple as asking your horse to go on a 20-meter circle at the end of the arena. So you imagine it really clearly first, and then you ask them to go for it. Then you praise them and appreciate that they did it with you. And, yeah, while that might seem super small, it's something so simple like that that's going to build your trust little by little. Mm -hmm. And I know I mentioned static. I just wanted to kind of reinforce that so people understand. So it could be that you start looking at your phone when you're trying to lead your horse. That's a common thing. Horses don't like that, that's causing static. Um, it might be that you're focused on going towards a specific jump or a specific spot on the trail. And then at the last minute, you make a circle instead. And that's gonna cause static because they're like, what the heck? <laughs> Thought we were going over the jump, right? <laughs> and then um, other one is you're asking for the canter but then your body automatically goes into like fetal position and pulls on the reins to slow them down. And they're like, give them on, get the program. So those are static. Issues you want to try to clear up, and stay super clear and follow through, and that's why we do the inner So if you say I'm ready to jump that jump, and if anything in your body says not right now, then don't ask your horse to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really, it's really important to follow these steps in order, and that will help you.
0: Yeah. Yes, I totally agree with you, and that part about the phone, I have seen that proven. With my horses, even when I'm just out with them, and if I pull my phone out, it's like it's immediately they're done. They're like, okay, if that's where your mind's at, then I'm going over here. Until you come back to the moment of being with me, I'm going to do something else. So, I that. I thought, oh, what a great example because that has happened to me numerous times or my phone goes off or something and I think I have to look at it. If I just ignore it and leave it alone, they don't even hear it, I don't think, because it's, oh, yeah. it's my reaction to it that they are watching. And I, oh, that is, that is a great example. And I thought, too, on the first part when we were talking about another thing that came to my mind is, Say I have three horses and each one responds differently. So if you're used to riding one horse and get on another horse, I always feel, feel that horse out, know that horse rather than just expect it to act just like your other horse did because in my experiences, they're going to act totally different. And I've heard other people say, well, my old horse used to do this, and now I have this new horse, and it won't do it this way. Well, each one's different, just like us humans. We each have different personalities. We each do things differently. So take the time and learn to know that horse and understand where they're coming from, because the vibes you're giving off if you're used to riding one horse they're confused because that's not the vibes that they, they're they responding to. So those are just a couple things that came to my mind when you were talking about some different things on there.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, I love that. It's so important to just give every horse the opportunity to show you what they have to mm-hmm. offer and, and right. not come in preconceived notions of, of what they're going to do just because every day is different too so even though the horses are different every day is going to feel different so you know there's some days where i'll look at pepper and he's like not today mom I'm like okay <laughs> but yeah. it is so funny that you keyed in on the phone because it even happened today i was um trying a new video uh, with pivo and i and i was looking at it a little bit longer than i used to um mm-hmm. and even my husband and Bedford doesn't want you to look at the phone, That's like, Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. The only time he likes it is when I pull it out when we do our um selfies together. He really loves that. He hands it up. But <laughs> if, he just kind of like looked at me like, Mom, focus, you gotta untack me now. Let's go. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so but yeah, no, I'm totally oh. guilty. Get that. Um, but it's just so good to be aware of. And then you can just because, you know, we're still human. <laughs> and they understand.
0: Exactly. That. <laughs>
1: They know <laughs> <They're> right,, <laughs> now, back with you, and then they're up to static, you know, so it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be that big a deal. You don't have to be hard on yourself about it either. so
0: no, no, yeah, I agree, Just be aware of it is what I say. Don't knock yourself down for it, just become aware of it and That's make the little changes,
1: totally, okay, so let's see. Next one is number five. So we're expanding on the last one. We're going to think where your attention goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. So if you focus on the idea that your horse might spook in the next part of your ride, guess what? They might spook. So this is created by your thoughts, which influences your mental pictures you're sending to your horse, (laughs) along with any unnecessary tension building up in your body. So They feel all that. Your horse feels everything. (laughs) I'll repeat that. Your horse feels everything. So if you've been known to repeat thoughts of, oh, no, my horse might poop here, decide to take life by the unicorn horn and change your thoughts. So alternative thoughts would be, we're doing well. My horse and I are connected. Even if she gets nervous, I'll be able to move with her beautifully. Let's aim for the best transition possible. I will breathe and stay with my horse. I can feel what she needs in each moment. So can you feel how these thoughts are way more empowering than, oh, no, what if? So just remember, you are so powerful. And you can build trust by creating more productive thoughts during your horse time. So the next one, number six, is ask for less. Seriously. So if you had intended to go work on a certain movement, and that movement's extra challenging for your horse, just focus on very simple things that you know she can have success with. Begin to notice when she tries extra hard for you, praise her for it, and then end the session much earlier than she expects. So if you do this for several sessions in a row, you're going to begin to notice how much more your horse is going to offer you. When you take that pressure off in any relationship, your partner can feel relief and get more excited about showing you what they can do for you. So if you've never done that before, you're in for a treat. And that's how I've trained all of the green horses I've worked with. We go super slow with short and sweet sessions. And then we look back and feel so proud with how much we've accomplished together. And my favorite is always the look. Like, especially if it's a horse that's been worked really hard by other people. And then I would stop and hop off and hug them or something. And they'd look at me and go, that's it? Are you for real, Edie? You know? <laughs> and then, and see, seeing that look of surprise, just warms my heart. I'm like, yeah, that's it. You did great. And they're like, whoa, well, I could do more. I'm like, I know, but we'll just do it next time. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's mm-hmm. such a cool thing um, to be able to do that and offer that. So
0: oh. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. And I love where attention goes, energy flows. That is so very true. That's kind of what we've already talked about. And your horse feels everything. I mean, they know what your mood's going to be before you even get there. And they feel every movement that you make. They feel all of your energy. They feel all of your emotions. They just, they just know. They know and they feel it all. To me, that is, that is one of the most magical things about a horse. They just, they feel everything and they, they respond to those feelings too. So those, and I love asking for less because it is amazing what you will accomplish when you ask for less. I have a horse that always wants to put his head up when you put his halter on. That's just him. He's had some abusive handling and before I received him, and that's his way of trying to escape. And if he brings that head down, I don't care if it's just a tiny bit, and I stroke him and pet him and say, good boy, that was awesome, he'll start to bring it down more. So it is amazing what just asking for a little bit and rewarding them when they give that small little piece to reward them for it, and they will respond in such a beautiful way.
1: It's really amazing. I'm so glad you had that experience, too. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So now we're on to number seven already. Wow.
1: So number seven is one of my favorites, um, which is, you know, what I've been doing as a child and then learned how to really hone in on it, but it's practicing basic telepathy. So it is possible to exchange images, thoughts, sounds, smells, feelings, and even tastes with your horse. So if you get yourself to a very quiet, still place and focus on your breathing, then you can just place your hand on your heart and keep breathing with a focus in in your heart area. You can imagine your heart area expanding and connecting to your horse's heart. And then all you have to do is ask if they're willing to chat with you. And then you can ask really good quality questions. What can I do to help build our trust? trust. And notice what comes up. So you might see flashes of images, hear sounds, feel sensations, or even smell certain things. So you're gonna really just try to stay open to what comes in. And then even if you don't feel like anything came through, always thank your horse for being willing to connect. And then notice what happens when you see them next. You might be surprised by how your trust builds exponentially by being open to trying this connection with them it's really worth practicing and you'll have a much deeper connection unfold and then speaking of that the last thing is to just really build on that connection you can just get yourself an outdoor chair and a fun book and just sit outside and reach your horse for a while um, and I call that story time and it can be something super simple or it could be something complex i was, I was reading greg graden's the divine matrix to to um indy and pepper and they stood near me um and i got to this part about quantum entanglement and they stood like perpendicular to each other and then fell asleep in like the exact same position with their feet and i'm like whoa this is so trippy <laughs> but you know, the more they understand that you're happy to just hang out with them and not ask for anything and just be with them, it's such a beautiful way to build trust in, in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yeah.
0: I totally agree. That is just beautiful because to connect to a horse's heart and just be with them, just take time to be with them. And like you said, story time and just just hang out with them. And it is amazing how they come to you and they're they enjoy that time with you my horses have told me we just enjoy being with you and so they enjoy that it's a friendship it's a bond that you guys have with one another you just you build it with your horse and your horse builds it they give right back there you put out that energy and that energy comes right back from them and I love that (laughs)
1: That's cool. And that's why I chose the number eight for for this topic because it reminds me of the infinity symbol. So it's like consistently going with the infinity of giving and receiving, giving and receiving. It's that beautiful flow um, that you get between the two beings that have that kind of trust together. It's awesome.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. I love it. I love this whole chat, Beth. This has just been some great information. And what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you when they hear this podcast and say, I want to connect with Beth Lawn Parish? What is the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Well, there's a few ways, but the easiest way is just to go to my website, com, and I have a contact okay. page to email me. And then if they're on that website, they can see there's a free Facebook group they can join. And I also have a free online um mini course on how to build a powerful bond with your horse. So that's available to them. And then, of course, if they would like to work with me, there's many different services. And like I said, the latest is the rapid transformational therapy. And we can help get to the root cause of an issue. It it doesn't have to be with horses. But whatever has been troubling you and holding you back in life, we can get to the root cause. We, We get to understanding while in hypnosis. We clear it out. And then we install new programming, so it's it's pretty phenomenal, and it could actually happen in one session and oh. the the goal that's why it's called rapid transformational therapy. The goal is not to be in therapy for too long; it's hopefully to get to the bottom of it within one to three sessions
0: oh, oh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Great ways to connect and everything that you're doing. And, Beth, I want to thank you so much for sharing your knowledge today on how to build trust with your horse. It was a great chat. Thank you so much for being my guest.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: You are so welcome. And I want to thank all of our listeners for listening to this amazing interview with our incredible diva, Beth Lauren Parrish. Be sure to tune in next month as she shares more valuable knowledge with you. And please share this show with all your family and friends. Check out all the hosts and their shows on divasthatcare.com. Remember, where attention goes, energy flows. Have a magical day, be kind to all, give your animals a great big extra hug, and share your love with them. Until we connect again on Robust Lifestyles, stay strong and healthy. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram,